It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to our iHeartRadio presentation, AMFM247.com, and of course, tune in iTunes Radio Loyalty. Jiggy Jag with you today. We're going to be calling Cody Wilson here in just a few seconds, and then we're going to get him on with Jay Izzo, H to the Izzo, B to the Izzane, and it's going to be an interesting conversation today. So uh, let's dial up Mr. Cody Wilson, the big star, star stage and screen Cody Wilson. He is going to be our gun expert, Second Amendment expert. Going to be chatting with Jay Izzo here in a few moments. And uh, Please leave your message for Cody Wilson. Of course. <laughs> Cody, it's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview. I'll uh, give you a call back here in a few moments. We're excited to get you on today, my friend. We will talk to you here in a few moments. That, of course, uh, Cody Wilson. We're going to get him back on because he's booked. Uh, it is <laughs> world famous. Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcasters, Jay Izzo. We're going to get with Jay Izzo here in a few moments. We've got to get Cody Wilson on the line. I'll give you a little bit of behind the scenes here on Skype. How this works is I have to call the guest on the phone first. And then once I'm able to connect with the guest, we're able to connect with uh, our Skypers. We are going to see if we can get Cody Wilson back in here. He's going to be our Second Amendment expert here in a few moments. And uh, we will try Cody Wilson one more time here. Um, Let's dial a fresh Skype number. And we're live. Here on iHeartRadio, Talk America Radio as well. We're going to see if we can get Cody Wilson on the line here. Waiting around to chat with Cody Wilson, who is going to join us here in a few moments. Second Amendment expert Cody Wilson. We've had him on the broadcast before. Ghost Runner, GhostGunner.net. We're chatting with Cody Wilson here in a few moments. Please leave your message for 
Cody Wilson. So, apparently, Cody Wilson. We're going to try this one more time and see if we can get Cody on the line. Hello? Hey, Cody, how are you? It's James Lowe with KJ Radio hey. calling you for your radio interview. Sorry how about are that, you? Man. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add our co-host in here, uh, Jay Izzo to the call and, uh, we will, uh, get things going here. Uh, that wasn't me. That wasn't me, man. <laughs> it just dropped. There, there we are. Uh, we're, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna get, um, Jay Izzo in here, here in just a second and, uh, See if we can uh, bring him into the conversation here. Uh, get a hold of us over there at JiggyJaguar.us, and uh, we are uh, we're, we're having some technical difficulties trying to join Jay Izzo here with us. But Cody Wilson with us today. Tell us a little bit about the website, uh, my friend. You bet, bud. It's uh, GhostGunner.net, and we sell our our CNC mill there that helps you make AR-15s and AR-308s, and soon. I should go ahead and say, we believe maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll announce our new pistol series that allows people to make their own military-grade 1911s and, and aftermarket Glock pistols as well. So it's a, it's a whole platform that lets people make guns, and that's at ghostgunner.net. That is that that is that is a uh, that is a heck of a deal. And uh, by the way, get more information uh, ghostgunner.net if you want to get some more information on our guest, and uh, also. Find him on Twitter, D E F D I S T, and uh, how's how's social media treating treating you, my friend? Be, be, being being a, a friend of the Second Amendment. Well, I guess I guess the question is, uh, look, social media is is how we came up in the world, right? People got to know us by sharing our stuff, and so I guess social media is a positive place. But you know, like Facebook and all these places, I mean, it's it's such a mess. Everybody's opinions are based on you know, partial understandings of, of what's happening. And, you know, people want to defend Trump. People want to offend Trump. And people have to associate arguments with current, you know, partisan political movements. So it's very strange. Uh, you know, yes. no one can can do things for the Second Amendment without also attaching some type of controversy with something happening in the news. It is Cody Wilson. He's with us today. We, I don't know what happened there with Skype. We're going to uh, try to reconnect with uh, Cody Wilson here real quick and uh, get him back on the line. And uh, Skype's having all sorts of fun today. It's dropping out. It's it's it's. We had some issues earlier with Josh Bernstein. So uh, hello. There we are. Sorry about that. Our Skype dropped out on us. I I, I apologize for that, my friend. Uh, Man, it's all it's all good. Cody Wilson with us today, and I think Jay Izzo has finally joined us. How are you, sir? I am well, thank you. And you uh, okay? yes, I've got you, my friend. And we've got uh, Cody Wilson with us today, owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net. He is the author of the groundbreaking book "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free." And uh, Jay, I know you've got some questions here uh, for Cody, so I'm going to let you jump in there. Thank you. Hi, Cody. How are you doing? Jay, I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, listen. You know what? I have had a chance to peruse through uh come and take it and i gotta tell you something you are one smart dude man i mean you are really <laughs> just a really smart guy and uh i started reading 
I started reading the book and I'm like going, okay, this, this book's not for the faint of heart. This is not like a book where you're sitting down and going, okay, you know, we generally write newspapers to a third to sixth grade level, right? This is way above sure. that, that grade. Uh, and this is a, this is a really interesting story. And I got to be really honest with you, Cody. When I first kind of saw the book, I was kind of like, oh man. You know, I don't know about this book, man. This thing is going to be just a political juggernaut. I'm not sure about it. And then I started getting into it, and it's, this is really cool. It's really cool. And I want to commend you before I start asking questions. I want to commend you on something. Dude, when anybody can be one of the 15 most dangerous people in the world, you are awesome. Okay? Because wow. that's what Wired said, that you are one of the 15 most dangerous people in the world. Top 15. Wow, Jay. Look, man, I I can only say thanks. Uh, and I also want to say, look, I, you know, it's not posturing. That book wasn't, it's not trying to, to be a no. smart book. It's, you know, we're just we're trying to say the things in the way that they happen and hopefully find that audience that really cares deeply about, you know, is willing to go deep about the future of the Second Amendment and, and why we do things. And It's a book yeah. for the audience that wants to find it, you know? Yeah, I know, and I agree with you. And here's here's what I want you to do, because the audience that we have listening to us here this afternoon, this evening, wherever you're at across this great country of ours. So this is not this is not necessarily a political book. First of all, Cody Wilson, this this guy is basically a lawyer. Okay, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to a guy who has studied law, been in law school. He's a technological savant crazy how he's able to combine both of these worlds and this book come and take it the gun printer's guide to thinking free by the way which you can get uh kindle editions hardcover soft cover and i think it's also an audible i think i saw that too as well and by the way this book is uh not what you may be thinking when you're thinking about oh god it's another gun second amendment no 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 this is a story and this is an espionage story this is Every dark thing that you thought may happen in the world of the Second Amendment happened, and it's. <laughs> it, I mean, seriously, if this is if this is how cool this book is. This is a this is a really cool book. So, what I want you to do, without giving away the entire book, just kind of give like if you, there was a new listener that said, you know, I I see the title, come and take it, the Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. Why would I want to buy this book? Why should I read this book? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thanks for that description. Look, this, the, the future of the Second Amendment was born on the Internet, okay? It was born after WikiLeaks, and it was it was born with us. And we carry you through that, those birth pains, and they happen here in the United States, they happen in Europe, they happen in Silicon Valley to a minor degree, and they happen with all of this this groaning and trouble on the part of the media and on the part of, you know, the Internet I don't know, literati. And I just take you from zero to one, from idea to, you know, incontrovertible reality, unavoidable, terrible reality. It was, we go from zero to one in this book, and I tell you exactly how it happened and exactly what it took and the, the terrible frames of mind that you have to go through, the quasi-criminal elements that helped it come to be born. And uh, it comes exactly as it happened. That's what this book is. It's a document of the beginning of the Second Amendment on the Internet, which we've only just opened the door for. Yeah, and, and yet it's, yeah, and you're right. Okay, so 
you don't know. So the book I have in bookstores is called Got Social Mediology, and basically it's about the psychology of the social media and how the different people not only use it, but also the social psychological aspects. But the, the Second Amendment piece is really huge, right, on this whole Internet thing. But you... I, I talk about some of that, you know, what is free speech and what, and, and I'm really, really concerned, by the way, Cody, that when we start talking about who's going to determine what news is fake news and what news is not fake news, that we're starting to actually really impinge on our Second Amendment rights because I do not want someone that I don't know telling me what is real and what isn't and they don't even know for sure. And that bothers me a great deal. But you've got something. This is cool. This is what's so amazing about what you did. 3D printing of a gun, 3D printing of a weapon, right? Now, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I make no bones about it. I am a weapons owner, okay? I am. I, and, and I don't have a stockpile, but I, I have a few handguns and other guns that I, I like. I'm, I'm not a machine gun dude or an AR guy, but I do like to play around. But, dude, you're doing thing, you were doing something here with the 3D, the Liberator, right? Am I right? On that yeah right. you got it you nail it liberator yeah right that's that's the big deal right and you guys were messing around with doing this can we make a gun with a 3d printer and i mean t- talk about that i mean t- i mean this whole <laughs> i mean that whole story of how this, this even comes about and i mean basically you guys are sitting around on a napkin t- i mean talking about this like sounds like over a couple beers and then all of a sudden this thing explodes yeah, yeah. Now, right, every overnight success uh, has, you know, a ton of a ton of work and anxiety and all that stuff built into it. And this book is is the account of all that. But surely, the the idea began with simply talking about it. Well, well what can happen if a three D printer, which we had only just discovered, you know, what would happen if a three D printer could make a gun? And we decided, well, you know, the the really interesting thing it wasn't the fact that we could do it, and we would be like, hey, everybody, look, we printed a three D uh, gun. The most interesting thing is if we could do it, that would mean everybody else with a 3D printer could do it, and that's the whole promise of that technology. If those things are connected to the Internet, you then begin a, a chapter of file sharing of guns on the Internet. That has a political dimension. I mean, every everything was realized in that one moment, and it was only the question, did we have the nerve to be the first people to do it? Okay. So here's 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 the question, right? That I'm, I'm begging I'm begging the answer for. So, could you get could you get this thing? I mean, could you get this thing to fire and fire accurately? <laughs> in as people will see in the book, uh, it did fire, and it yeah. and it, it fired accurately enough to uh, hit what's in front of you. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Well, what we've opened is a, is a door like to my, with my current website, ghostgunner.net, all, all these related technologies to where <clears> – <throat> so if I'm making uh, – and I'm helping you make an AR-15, you may not be printing it out of plastic, but you're milling it with the same type of software and same type of models, right. and it is exactly like the thing you would buy. So the answer to your question is a technical yes. Any, anything that you, can, that you can get and acquire is also something you can make now with these types of technologies. So yes. Yeah, but see, okay, so here's and here's where I think your book kind of here's where you kind of book, and I'm not trying to give anything away. I really am not. Trust me, I'm not trying to. No, sure, sure. It's really Believe cool. me, there's no spoilers. 
everybody knows what we did. We printed a gun, right? I mean, that's right. how, that's why we're here today. So you're not yeah, going to spoil it. Come, come and take it. The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. Okay, so I mean, the t- it, there's a title here, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, uh, that kind of gives you kind of what what they're after and what they're doing. And and Cody's, you know, got this idea of wanting to start his own uh, weapons company and everything. And by the way, it's uh, Publishers Gallery Books. And uh, it's just been reprinted in this past December, so it's it's hot on the market. So make sure you pick it up. Uh, Amazon has got it certainly, and and you can order it. And so make sure you pick up either the Kindle version, Audible version, the, the paperback, or the hardcover version of the book because it's a it's a great read, and it's not for the faint of heart, and yet it's a real story, and yet it's got everything. If you're into espionage and mystery and technology and the law and and the government and how all this works together. This book is for you because this is a it's really a cool book that is going to make you go wow. I can promise you that. So so Cody, this this whole thing, this whole Second Amendment that we're really being challenged. By the way, uh, that we we are being really really challenged and. You, you've got this whole thing. We got a 3D printer, and we're printing guns. And by the way, what's stopping what's stopping anybody else from doing it? Right. That, what do you mean today? Are yeah. you asking that rhetorically? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I mean, what's just, stopping for anybody else from doing it? I mean, why? Well, can't, I mean, I guess it came down to anyone can begin making these kinds of of implements, and it's easier than it even was back when we did it. Uh, they're simply like, and look, we can get into this, but. You know, the reason my company doesn't share these types of files uh, like we did back then is is because after the events of this book, the U.S. State Department uh, attacked us, and we've we've been in, in court suing the State Department about this very question for almost three years now. So it's a it's a huge current issue with with even our very own government as to whether they're going to let us really do this. Well, and here's what's here's what's interesting about the government to me, Cody. And, I'm a, and I don't call myself an anarchist, but I may, I may be an anarchist like you a little bit. Sure, sure. So I'm, I mean, I think there's I think there's a part of that in all of us, by the way. From As a psychological professional, I think we're all a little bit of an anarchist. I don't think we agree with every single thing that the government does, and I think we resist a lot of what the government does. And then there's this whole group of people that thinks the government should be bigger and, and get more involved in our lives. I would not be one of those people. But here's here's the thing. So... You know, we went through this same thing, by the way, with alcohol, right? Mm. We we still do, by the way. This whole thing that you're going through with with the gun thing, right? We we went through this with alcohol. You can't have your own still, right? You, I cannot put a still in my backyard and and make my own bourbon. The government says absolutely not. You will be arrested, whether I sell it or don't sell it. I cannot have a still in my backyard. Cannot make my own alcohol. Right. You wow. now saying now we're saying, I mean, think about that for a second. Now, here you are. Right. And by the way, ATF is ATF. Right. Right. They, I mean, all, all things fun and exciting. That's yeah. Right. right. ATF is ATF, which is part of which is a huge part of your story. By the way, that I would yeah. love. Yeah, it is a little bit because you're you're impinging on some giant manufacturers here on what they do and let's be honest uh governments are not our government is not that um it is not that pure 
there are people who have got political agendas, who've got money that do not want you to do this. True. That's that's without question. There's an there's an industry group, not the NRA, but an industry group called the NSSF, which is substantially just uh, you know a collection of resources from the major manufacturers and a political action committee that they started. And because I sue some of these people in the government, because I don't get along with ATF, because I do what I do, they uh, have rejected my membership and you know kind of not allowed me to come to the, the big industry trade shows and things like that. I mean, it's a, it's a serious opposition. So because you don't play well with others, we're not going to let you play. That that's No, isn't that right? Isn't that basically what they said? I guess. I, I mean, I never style us as opposed to, to the industry. We, we're fans of the industry like everyone else is. But you can see how, because they know they have to make nice with elements of the government. Like you said, you know, large elements of this government are or somewhat captured, not exactly pure, because I, because I mess with that. Yeah, I, I'm not allowed to uh, to play with the other kids. So, so what what when you I'm just author to author, you know, not I know you got a story and you decided that you're going to put it down, but I mean, what was the impetus where you finally just said, I got to write this thing, I got to write this out, I got to I got to <laughs> I got to publish this thing. What was the impetus for that? Uh. I got to thank you for the questions, by the way. Um, I've never really, no one's really asked me about all this before. Uh, it's because I, I got a book, a, so I understand these guys. Gotta... <laughs> thank you. I mean, Matt Matt Wise, uh, my former agent at Foundry Literary, I mean, he just approached me. Like like how so many things happen, both in the book and then other aspects of my life and career. I mean, uh, a literary agent approached me, and they're like, look, this is clearly a story. Uh, write this story. And I was like, well, geez, uh Sure, okay. I mean, I hadn't even, I really had not thought of even making a book out of some of what happened. So my, my agent to be approached me and said, look, I can sell this if you, if you can turn this into a proposal. That's what happened. I, it, I would not have had a book without a, an interested agent, you know? Wow. So it was really somebody inspired you that said, you know what, you got this, this is so good. You, you got this wasn't something that came out of you. So you did, cause like for me, it was like, okay, I've got this thing inside me. I have got to get it on paper. It actually came yeah. from somebody else who did that. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, obviously, I enjoy living, you know, like these these stories. Like, I enjoy this, like, doing all this stuff. But it had never, I had never really thought I had, oh, would have the time to make a book or, you know, and, and that's this whole other thing, right? You got to have a, you got to write the thing, then you got to go shop it and stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm a manufacturer, right? I'm a, right. I'm a developer. I got to do these actual real things in the world. I don't have time to step outside of my life to do that. But no, he came along and, and suggested it. That's, and I'm with you. I, I thought, well, if I ever was going to do something like that, it would need to be inside me, and I would just need to take the time to do it, maybe when I'm like an old man or something. <laughs> um, what, what are you trying to you say? Know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I, you know, sure. it, never, it never really was a serious thought to me. So, yeah, like, I guess it's, it's certainly not the norm, right? Plenty of people with great books just bang their head against the wall, look for agents and look for publishers. And it, this was a total other way around for me. That's awesome. So you describe yourself, and, 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 and I'm not stealing anything from your agent, but you are self-described as a crypto-anarchist. What is... Yeah, a, word. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great word. What is a crypto-anarchist? That's a real term from the, from the 1980s, an essay by Timothy May. And he espoused an, a new way of thinking about politics on the, on the young Internet, which was that you know, eventually, because of encryption... And this is where the crypto comes in. Yeah. 
okay. because of strong public key encryption, we would be able to create zones of security, if you will, where we could lock the government out of our communications, of our transactions, of really just any kind of oversight or surveillance of, of our activities. And let's say our activities are political, which many activities are, we would have removed ourselves from, from normal politics. So it's a, it's a kind of anarchism where we get to define our own spheres of action, lock out the government with cryptographic technology. And the philosophy he espoused at that time he called a crypto-anarchy. Okay, well, okay, so this is really interesting. So, But you're, you're taking this to another level. I mean... You, I suppose. You, We're fulfilling an aspect of his, of his prediction. I mean, his essay is amazing because he predicted... WikiLeaks, for example, everybody's aware of how important WikiLeaks is now. Huge after the 2016 election. Huge, but even before, right? I mean, we were all true believers in WikiLeaks yep. in 2010, and yep. in, in, in 2011 with Cablegate and everything. I mean, he predicted all this would happen. You know, when you have these antecedent technologies, you, you could already see like there's going to be a free black market in intelligence against the government, against other governments. People are going to trade in this kind of information. No one's going to be able to stop it. And I, we just believed that, okay, yes, and we were going to add on, you know, this is going to extend to not just information and images, but also to things like blueprints and music, right, and, and things that could end up becoming real objects like the plans for, for guns. And, and interestingly, Cody, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because I do believe that we're living in a very bizarre age where Again, I do believe that we are our Second Amendment is being challenged, and I believe our First Amendment is also being challenged in a number sure. of, of ways. And I would love to hear, you know, because the book uh, "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free," by the way, available Amazon, local bookstores, uh, Simon and Schuster's Digital Sales also is doing it. It's hardcover, paperback, and audiobook. So make sure you get yourself a copy. You can actually do that through the Jiggy Jaguar Experience Show. Do it yes, through the indeed. app. Um, you're welcome, James. I was just giving you a quick, quick plug. <laughs> so our our First Amendment, Second Amendment rights, I think, are being challenged on a regular basis. And I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think there's a lot of people, believe there's a lot of people like me out there, that feel that the the government is losing control at times and wants to gain control because they have so many other interested parties that say that can't control it, like the music industry, right? You remember when Napster just dis- evidently destroyed the entire music industry? Because That's a big part of my life. Right, yeah. right, right. Because we don't have a music industry anymore, right, because of Napster. It, it completely destroyed it, as, as I recall. <laughs> well, right, okay, now I get your point. But yeah. right, right, The uh, all these justifications for all these expansive powers in the face of things that are not moral, are not truly moral threats. Sure, that's the, the case of all emergency powers and all governments through all history. So, so you know, you, I think you talked a little bit about, you talked about one of the things in technology, especially on the Internet, when we got the Internet going along, open source, right? We call it open source coding. And yeah. Which is a, which, by the way, is a big deal because it's a crux to what you do, what you what you were taking on here is open source material, right? That's no longer open source. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, it is. It though that this is part of the controversy of, of the government's involvement. You know, the government literally makes a claim in the case of our technical data that they determine what is and isn't in the public domain. 
related to this technology. And so I can literally make something today, right, like you know, a, new, a new fidget for a new type of pistol. I can draw the blueprint. I can send it, you know, to the like, Creative Commons or you know, put it in a library or something and be like, ah, I have now released this to the public. It is in the public domain. And the government can take me to court and say, no, we did not approve this. This did not actually happen. What? You, uh, you did this illegally. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just so, said this did not happen even though it happened. Explain that. Well, that's that's the legal fiction that we live under because, of course, in actuality, once something's on the Internet, it is on there, baby. You know, <laughs> So we understand to a degree that like it doesn't matter what the legal fiction is, but it does matter in terms of you know human lives. So there's a reason that Julian Assange is stuck in his embassy, right? And there's a reason that like I don't publish gun files to the Internet every single day like I could because, you know, they, they throw my, my butt in jail. Right. Um, that's the situation. So, of course, when you say the, the First and Second Amendment are under threat, they are, and actually in, in very related ways. Because yes. though it's, you know, it's a common refrain in our movement, uh, my movement, I'll claim it, the, that the Second Amendment supports the First Amendment. Well, what we've found is, like, when we get right down to it, you need the First Amendment to be able to produce the implements for the Second, right? So you need the First to be able to learn how to even have the Second. So these things go layer upon layer. Uh, and the government is trying to interfere with that, with that very first essential layer. They they want to police what information about our Second Amendment and those implements makes it into the internet in the first place. Which which is it's kind of interesting, right? Because it's the the First and Second Amendment are cyclical, right? You can't. I don't believe that you can do one without the other. And if you stop one, you stop the other. Actually, in in essence, yeah, I think it's yes. That's a very. I think it's a civic. Republican attitude. You know, you have to have both, and you have to treat them both as favored rights. And even the current Supreme Court, you know, will not will not do that. We haven't taken up a Second Amendment case since since McDonald. So it's been, gosh, it's been eight years or something. I mean, that that is a problem. So, the, by the way, we're talking with Cody Wilson here on the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, and we're talking about uh, the book "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free," available on Amazon. And uh, great, by the way, great looking cover of the um, is that is that the Liberator? <laughs> I, I, I yeah, yeah, that's a museum photo of uh, of the Liberator pistol. Yeah, it's it's that's a really cool photo. By the way, we're talking to also one of Wired says that he's one of the fifteen most dangerous human beings on the planet, and I love talking to the most dangerous because I want to be one of the top fifteen, and I'm not. So <laughs> I'm actually, quite jealous of the fact. Um, Forbes called Cody. One of the most polarizing figures in technology, and um, he is—he's—he's uh, he's on the lecture circuit, and he talks all sorts about all sorts of things, Second Amendment. But this book here, which I believe is for those people who are really wondering what's really going on with the government, how it affects the things that we do. By the way, this isn't just about—it's not just about Cody and developing a 3D gun with a 3D printer. It's not just about that. It's more than that. This book is much deeper than that. If you're someone who's wondering, well, really, does the government really have any say in what we do, if, even if we're just kind of thinking about it? The answer is, yeah, you start thinking about it too much, even on a napkin, things happen, and Cody's book speaks to that really, really well. So, Cody, where are you at now? I mean, now that, you know, this is at, where are you at with this whole thing? Where, where, are, you, where are you going? What are you doing? What's the next chapter for you, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I mean, we we stay true to the, to what we had done. So, 
in the days, I mean, immediately after the events of the book, where we, we released the pistol onto the internet, you know, we completed the cycle. Uh, like I said, the, the U.S. State Department stepped into the stepped into the picture, and then attacked attacked what we were doing. And so, ever since, everything has been everything in my career and with, with my company has been a reaction to this, trying to uh, make the money to to stay in court, to kind of fight for the right to just do this one thing, right? To put this information on the internet, and we've also expanded. You know, quite mightily. We have a we have a, vet, a much larger company now. We we make a machine called the Ghost Gunner CNC. I was talking about it just before you came on, actually. And so we have a website, GhostGunner.net, and we sell this equipment, this tooling, and, and software to help you make these real live weapons for yourself. You know, no serial number, all that stuff. So we're able to, to continue the mission of my company, Defense Distributed, but it has to be in a different way because while while we were kind of a free software company in the beginning, a more idealistic free software company, we didn't care about things. Now we're a, a much more kind of hardened hardware company, and we, we manufacture things and have machine shops and, you know, all this labor and uh, all these connections to the gun industry. So we had to kind of become a different type of company in order to, to rescue the inventions of that earlier idealistic company, if you will. So is there any fear, and, and just work with me on the material, is there any fear yeah. that another, you know, government might take your plans or might you know usurp your stuff and say hey we can build these things or is that happening well i mean uh, actually we've always kind of said it, it would be great when we see the chinese knockoff versions of our machine because i mean we really are fanatics about this the second amendment dimension of what we do like it, yeah like, like as you're recognizing the machine is is open source it's not patented i mean i'm, I'm in a and to a degree, I'm waiting for, for that level of competition to happen. Because if it happens, and if it happens worldwide, well, no matter what, even if we're not making all the money we could be making, no matter what, there's now a worldwide marketplace of these types of machines, which we know definitively can make gun parts. That is itself still the revolution, you know? It, right. it has nothing to do with whether or not we make money completely. So, I mean, I really believe this. If If this type of simple CNC machine gets duplicated and, and really becomes popular all over the world, well, you've also got a popular machine which can make guns and gun parts. So it's a continuation of this explosive truth that we think we've found. Uh, so I want it to happen. So, by the way, very cool. By the way, I mean, but the money is still kind of important. I mean, because you, you need to look, make Hey, look, as, if, as long as I'm in court, the money's essential, right? I mean, I've got to be making money right. uh, at the level that I'm doing. We've we got a Supreme Court brief due next uh, next month, and look, that, that thing's—it's thirty thousand dollars to write something like that, you know. Wow, that's so. It's that's, a big, yeah, man. It's, it's a big a deal, lot. and you know, it's not. No amount of selling this book is gonna is gonna get me there. No, but at no. least it communicates. Like when you hear about it in the news, or when, like, let's say we win, or let's say we lose, or, you know, maybe you'll hear about us and you'll see that. Oh yeah, they wrote this book, and you'll come to know more about us. And that's—I'm just really so thankful that this kind of record of the origins of our company and our thinking uh, is out there. Because, yeah, of course, you know that, like, we made a gun, we printed a gun, so what, right? No, it's not It's not about that. It's about the ideas, and it's about the, the yearning, the idealism that produced a company like that. And I'm, I'm just so glad that it, it was it's recorded and available. That's awesome. By the way, we're on the Jiggy Jaguar show, and I'm speaking to Cody Wilson, author of the book Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free, which is available on Amazon. And it's available in so many different ways. You can, you can get it through the Kindle edition, the hardcover paperback. Also, I see it's an Audible book. Audio book as well, so you can get it through Audible, and you can actually get that through the Jag Show app. You can actually get it through the JagShow.com. Go to JagShow.com, 
scroll down halfway through and you can pick up Cody's book by clicking on the Amazon link and you can be supporting Cody and you can also be supporting the show. Cody, do you allow people to contribute to your cause? I mean, do you have like a place like you go, you know, Cody, I love buying your book, but listen, I'm going to just be honest with everybody who who wants to write a book. Sure, sure. And I want to just be honest so that, that people understand, Cody, what you and I go through. Folks, do you know how many books we have to sell to really make legitimate money? It's a crap load. It's almost – by the way, there's only 33 million avid readers in the entire United States left, according to Wharton College. So you have to understand that we need to sell a lot of books in order to make it. I mean, it's, we want you to buy the books. But but also I know that for you, it's got to be more. I mean, can people donate to your cause? Well, yeah. I mean, I accept donations. But I don't really ask that much. I, I used to. We used to be, you know, this this – really expressly nonprofit thing with a donate button and everything. But we found that like we give more value and get more value if we just, you know, sell our stuff. So like if I make my machine or if I sell you an 80% receiver or, you know, and we're supported enough that way that like, I just try to think of value and people buy it. You know what I mean? The, the book's an example, but, but no, I, I don't, I don't feel the need. Other, other people are more in need than I am. Right. And so let them ask for money. I've got at least have an avenue where I can sell something, you know. So what what is that website that we can buy something? Where where do we go if we wanted to buy something from you? Oh yeah, yeah, you can buy from Defense Distributed at our website ghostgunner.net. Um, we have a website defdis.org as well. But yeah, Ghost Gunner is where we sell a lot of our commercial products to help you make guns and to help you make them privately and that's been very it's been a great place for us for the past couple of years. Like, you know, I've got maybe uh got maybe 20 employees now i mean it's it supports not just me and our lawsuit but but lots of people and, and a, a few good american jobs you know that's awesome so cody why would wired say that you are one of the 15 most dangerous people in the world they didn't say the united states by the way they yeah, said it's crazy the world but by the way i can't even yeah top 15 most dangerous people in raleigh so i mean to be one of the 15 most dangerous <laughs> people in the world is pretty awesome so why would they do that why would they say that? Oh, man. And, you know, they said that when I, I was only, gosh, I was only 24 years old when they said that. I mean, Dude. it was like, it was one of the best things that, best gifts I had ever been given. You know, yep. I don't think anything will ever come close, actually. There will be no <laughs> Christmas morning better than that. But, because, uh, <laughs> look, man, that was at a time, it was quite a time. Lots of lots of young, you know, lots of young twenty-something women like to be told that they're talking to the most dangerous person. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was it. A, a beautiful time, you know. <laughs> uh, look, but you've talked to me for a, a period here, right? Like I'm, you know, if anything, I'm I'm kind of not even controversial. Like I I believe a certain antiquated idea of the Second Amendment. I'm right. kind of an idealist, and and if anything, I'm, I'm somewhat principled. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think you're afraid of me. <laughs> I don't think you should be. No, I don't think so. You this is what you get now. I mean, you get from from having a kind of not just your beliefs, but but also a kind of impending ability to execute upon those beliefs uh, is tantamount to, to terrorism now in this in this country and in this environment. Just the idea that like, well, I think people should access guns. Okay, fine. Everybody has that idea. A lot of people have that idea. Okay, well, now I'm going to do something to allow people to access guns. Okay, hold up there, buddy. <laughs> and that's, that's the difference, you know. Uh, now you're a terrorist. So, so, so is this about narrative? Is this just about creating a narrative so that we say, if we create a narrative that says, for instance, um, if you 
if you make guns, you are a terrorist. So everybody who makes guns is now a terrorist. Is that the narrative that creates well, Cody Wilson being the most dang- one of the most 15 most dangerous people in the world? I, I suppose it's something like that. I, perhaps there's a bit more, like, there's a few more steps in there. I do think it's about narrative in that it's about uh, capturing or containing the unexpected. So I don't think anyone was thinking in 2012 or 2013, oh, yeah, the gun problem is actually going to get a lot worse because now you're going to be able to download guns. <laughs> you know, no one was waiting for that one to come. So when when that showed up, they had to say, well, okay, we're not, we weren't quite ready to label all gun owners as terrorists. That's still going to take us another 10, you know, 20 years to get that one done. So now we have to, you know, this guy who's over here, we've absolutely got to start with calling that guy a terrorist so that we can, you know, control the chain. Uh, I agree with you that the tendency is if something's unexpected and it's in this politically problematic territory that they're working on, I mean, they are solely working state by state to remove the substance of the Second Amendment, uh, the meaningful essence of it. You know, when something like like that, that threatens to explode the whole thing, comes up, yes, you have absolutely got to label that aberrant, dangerous, terroristic. You have got to handle that. I, right. I do think that's part of it. Yeah, because I I want to believe that so much of what we see and hear on television and the fake news, and I just believe all of television is fake news. I don't believe there's any such thing as real sure. news. That's just my opinion. But I believe that there's a narrative created by the way that things are phrased. And, and remember, I'm a psychological professional. So in in my view, when I analyze these things, I listen to how things are phrased. right? And there's you can say the same thing in a different way, several different ways, right? You can say the same thing just multiple mm. multiple ways. And how you choose to phrase something largely influences how we will respond to something, especially... If you you know the well, I don't remember who said it, but if you if you espouse a myth long enough, eventually the myth or the lie becomes the truth, right? And I think this is probably I do believe that this is what happens with our amendments. I think what's happened is is that the news has phrased certain things, certain political figures have phrased things in a certain way. You have certain people who have a stage whether it be from Silicon Valley or whether it be from Hollywood or whether it be from somewhere else who have the stage and have the power to influence others. And so they're able to phrase a narrative or phrase something in a particular way, especially when it comes to guns, by the way, especially when it comes to guns, that they want to phrase it in a particular way that makes things, people like you, out to be this horrible, heretic, uh, anti-person and and that just when you're not, you're, you're doing you're doing what the law says I should be able to do, right? Well, right. That that is the so wow. There's a lot. There's a lot there, and I think I agree with most of it. Yeah, um, I think I think especially in the case of gun control, because it's about political. It, it comes down to political language. They there's been a, a constant multi generational attempt to turn public opinion against certain things by toying with, you know, the the descriptors, like how we, we talk about it. I, I agree with that entirely. And so we ended up with phrases, novel phrases at the time, like assault weapon, uh, when there had never been such a thing, or things like, you know, now the word gun safety has come up because gun control ended up being kind of a loser. Well, gun safety is a confusing term. What exactly do we mean? And it's, it's a bit of a, con- a confounding euphemism. But I think 
one of relative maliciousness because, of course, we don't just mean teaching people to use guns safely. Right. We mean how do we remove guns from people's hands? Right. So it, it's we've there's certainly an industry and in, uh, it's funded by Michael Bloomberg that's that's yeah. based on creating the false impression of consensus and and all kinds of ideas connected to safety that no one can disagree with on their linguistic terms alone. No right. one can disagree with the fact that guns should be safe and there should be gun safety. So I agree with you. Everything's about this linguistic game and then, you know, making making unacceptable what were, let's say, a couple generations ago, obvious and evident positions to hold as a part of having your principles. So I agree. Like, maybe I was, let's say, uh, 50 years ago, I'm not even like a controversial figure because I'm simply saying, hey, here's some machine shop like skills to be able to make your own pistol. Well, now, because the assumption, the narrative has been able to progress so long, now this ruins the whole party and I must not be allowed to exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So so I, I love I love what you did there, right? You talked about the assault, quote unquote, and I'm doing the air quotes, people, in case you're wondering uh, what I was doing there. I'm doing the, the assault rifle, right? Right. Assault weapon. Assault Assault weapon. weapon. Sorry, Sorry, because I have an assault bat, and I have an assault. Yeah, yeah. Right. I have an assault bat. I also have been known to, especially when it comes to, because I live out in the country a little bit, to take certain critters and have, you know, an assault stone that I've thrown. We I need mean, to regulate assault stones. Regular yeah, stones are fine, right. but those assault stones, you know, painted black and all that, unacceptable. <laughs> why? Why should you have an assault stone? Well, I don't and know. We not know about it. And then you and, should register your assault stone with the government. I should. I should. And and many people have died because of their assault bathtubs. And so, uh, by you know, because you know those tubs, the dangerous. And so, well, it, let's not forget swimming pools, right? And, swimming pools kill more children, right, than these assault pools. You know, I don't know why they're just selling these swimming pools to all these people without licenses. It's absurd. See, that's the point is, and I love that. Thank you for playing, by the way, playing at home. But I love it because that's abs- it's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. We yeah, had some. It's we had some, that way. It is, and we had somebody go into. What was it, China or London or something, or both maybe a month or two months ago, with a knife, and what did he do, stab, he had his assault knife, and he had, what, 19, 20, 25 people that he stabbed? With it, was, his... it was the same day as, uh, as Newtown, and he stabbed yeah. a bunch of kindergartners. Yeah, and, and with his assault knife, and, um, you know, and then I understood that they put lockdowns on everybody's, um, you know, on everybody's drawers of you know, other sorts of spoons and knives and forks because they were concerned. Uh, hey, do you have to go? So, I mean, where where does I mean this the narrative and the and the wordsmithing? Where I mean, how do you fight that, Cody? Well, I think it's that? it's the most dangerous thing in the world to fight. At least you're an author; you have a leg up over most people. I mean, you know, it, I I just saw this the other day. It, it said George Orwell's most prophetic and important work was not 1984. It was his essay, Politics in the English Language, where he basically described and displayed, provided examples for how the new conflicts would be all about controlling how thoughts and ideas were expressed and how language would be made to become slippery so that you know difficult and authoritarian political ideas could become more normalized. 
and I, I think that's true. Yeah, and, and and by the way, by the way, I just want to make sure that our listeners know that we're you're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar show here on iHeart. And by the way, I'm talking to Cody Wilson, author of the book "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free," available on Amazon, local bookstores where you're at. Just ask for them if it's not there. And uh, great, great book in how the Second Amendment is being attacked on a regular basis, and especially as Cody was developing this an idea that became dangerous to the government. It's very, very cool. Get the book. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. You are, Cody, also a, a, quite the historian. And as I researched back on you and looked at and was reading, you love history. I mean, you're kind of, you kind of like look at history and how history is kind of living in our past and yet living in our future. And so when it comes yeah. to yeah, so when it comes to the Second Amendment stuff, how how does history help us or does it hurt us when it comes to the Second uh, I think I think history is at this point irrelevant in the conversation. I mean, there's obviously like the American tradition, which is just in our blood about, well, I'm, a, I'm in America, I'm in Texas, you know, gosh darn it, I'm being G-rated here for you. Uh, and so therefore I get to own a gun. That's part of my right, right? That's my right. But n- none of the kind of, Republican thought that founded the Second Amendment, none of that historical thought has, has really been transferred. And if anything, the Supreme Court reinvented the history of the amendment when it said, okay, it's about keeping a gun in your home and, and being safe. So, uh, look, you're going to take that as like a nihilistic answer, but I, I don't think history has a lot to do with it anymore. And maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, but it's the situation we're in. And so we're all, it's all up to us to define, you know, every generation, what exactly these things are to us and if, if they're worth keeping. What what should we, as if you were speaking to a group of people, and I know you do that, you speak to a large groups of people, what should we as citizens of this country, what should we be doing? What should we be espousing? What should what 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 is our role to help 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 you and help this this cause? This is my this is my truest thought. This is the thing. This is my white pill for you. Okay, the most optimistic I'm willing to allow myself to get. I remember. Well, it was told to me anyway. I was still a bit too young. But I remember that in 2004, 2005, uh, the SHOT Show, the biggest industry show, would not let vendors demo AR-15s and similar types of weapons um, because at the time the assault weapons ban had just expired and those things were, you know, it was it was thought that, well, it would be, you know, re-implemented and that those, those were kind of like forbidden, right, a little verboten guns, not really uh, politically correct guns. Well, the culture, you know, that assault weapons ban was not renewed, and the culture continued apace and adopted those guns, and then the AR became America's rifle. And now we have a culture with the Internet of, you know, YouTube and popular gun celebrities and shows, and everybody loves their AR-15. This is just a, uh, an example. And now these shows, not only do they show the AR-15, the AR-15 is the star of the show with, with companies like Daniel Defense and, you know, can see all these people really demonstrating all the great new customizable new things in ARs. I mean, that is a popular, popular rifle, and it is the, the essence of of the commerce connected to our right. So, my my thought, my suggestion is that we don't let the legal environment shape the norms. We simply let our culture shape the norms. Like we celebrate and we we exult in what we've got, and then we let the law and the institutions follow in our wake. And that should be. In the environment we have right now, that should be enough. That's awesome. That's awesome.
Cody, before I let you go, and here, by the way, you've been a tremendous guest, and thank you for being so patient with me and letting me. Oh, you, hey, you've been. This has been a great time, man. I, I should thank you, man. I've had a great time. Well, thank you, and I've really enjoyed getting to chat with you. Brilliant book, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free." Available in Amazon, and you can certainly get through your local bookstore. And if, just to ask for it. Uh, and by the way, if you've read this book, will you do Cody a huge favor? Will you go to Goodreads and you write him a great review? Because as an author, I can just tell you that Goodreads just helps us so much when we get reviews from you. And it certainly, of course, they get over to Amazon. But give him a good review. Read the book. It's 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 a it's a very brilliant book. It's Again, this is not for the faint of heart, but this is a technologically highly intelligent book, and it's got and it's a true story about uh, how the government is, interferes with our lives, and it's a very very cool book. and And Cody's written something really well. And so, Cody, before I let you go, first of all, thank you. Is there is there one question that you wish I would have asked you that I didn't ask you? Man, uh, you really nailed it. But I guess. I guess the other question is, uh, you know, where are we going next? Yes. What's the future? What, what, so let's do and, it. Uh, next. Well, I'm, look, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, I like to I like to show these things when they're ready. So let's just say that there's a lot of things that uh, that are about to become real that people weren't expecting. That's awesome, Cody. You've been awesome. Thank you so much again for being on the Jiggy Jaguar show and Jiggy Jaguar Experience, ladies and gentlemen. Please. Get to Amazon. Get the book. It's available in audio, paperback, hardcover, Kindle version. Get the ebook if you like to go ebook. It's called "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free." Again, available on Amazon. Available at your local bookstore. Ask for it by name. Come and take it. It's a great book, Cody. You are book. awesome. I, I wish you the. I wish you so well, and may you win and win big, brother. May you win and win big. Hey, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your time, and Absolutely. maybe we we'll meet again. Right, let's do it again soon. All right, see you, man. That you. is a, uh, a a great guest. What 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 did you think of him, Jay? Oh, that guy is one of the smartest guys on the planet. That's who that is. I mean, he is a combination of both. Uh, you know, he's law and he's tech and uh, he's political. This dude is one of the smartest guys on the planet. You continue to send destroyers and other um, warships. Uh... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.